In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents... one person. Coming in from China. It's going to disappear. One day it's like a miracle. It will all all be great. We're going to be so good. This is a pandemic. The Betches Sup Podcast. No, I don't take responsibility at all. Hello and welcome to the Sup Daily Coronacast. I'm Sammy Fishbein. And I'm Amanda Duberman. And the Coronacast is your daily rundown of all the latest news on COVID-19, how we're getting through it, and just how close we are to ending this crisis. Let's get into it. Sammy, as you were doing that, I was thinking that I really thought that very soon you were going to start saying you were Sammy Sage, but is that delayed too? Oh, devastatingly so. Yeah, I know. I guess I'm just like not, you know, I think you should just say Sammy for now and and protest. Oh, I know. I was very excited to change my last name. I mean, it Yesterday just... we were on a call and Sammy, you were wearing like the cutest dress because you were wearing <laughs> your honeymoon clothes. Are you still wearing them? Um, not today, but that's because it's less sunny today. But next time it's sunny, I'm going to wear another honeymoon number and you will get right. to see it, I'm sure, on some <laughs> Zoom call. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Secretly um, getting dressed gets me like a little bit more energy. Today really? I'm dressed as Regina George's mom. <laughs> yeah. Um, literally it's literally the same garment yeah it is the same garment um so yeah you know that's just my mood today isn't it so weird that it's friday it is weird what are you doing this weekend i know no day feels like the day it's supposed to be well what are you going to do this weekend do you have any i'm gonna read i i really want to read i actually feel a lot better when i'm like reading fiction regularly but it's something that i kind of have to push myself to do because all i want to do is be on twitter and read emergency news but i once heard that like reading is fiction is good for anxiety because we're actually programmed to want to cycle through a beginning middle and end and the problem with life is that it can be very long and you don't get to see that happening so like if you have the privilege to live a long life. So if you actually can like process a storyline, apparently it's like really good for your mental health. I mean, I love to read, so I get it. And and I will say that when I do read and I'm into a book, I read it like I eat. Like yes. I can't stop and I'll That's just do it all weekend. day. Like I will like, I will literally like hold a book, walk around my house with it in my hands. Really? Like, like too, I can't like Matilda. stop. I'm Matilda. Oh my God. I mean, Aileen calls me Matilda like all the time. I am Matilda. I can recite the whole movie. Yeah. I used to stare at shit and try to, yeah. Great movie. I mean, I used to like stare at shit and try to um, like move it with my eyes. Did you ever try that? Oh, of course. Of course. Sometimes I still do. Okay. Well, if I like want to order something online, but I'm in bed and my wallet's (laughs) far away. I mean, one of my greatest disappointments of growing up was that I was not Matilda. Um, And Dan, speaking of, Danny DeVito has been very active on Twitter promoting social distancing. I love his work. I love his work. <laughs> Which is perfect given my outfit right now. 
Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Okay, should we get into the top headlines? We have Let's so much to talk about today. Yeah. Okay, I'll hit these. Um, the U.S. now has the most recorded cases of any country, surpassing Italy, China, and other hard-hit nations. Um, at least 82,100 people um, have been infected as of this recording. And as of noon today, Friday, there were 1,300 deaths. Um, globally, we have surpassed the 500,000 mark. So congratulations, world. Half a mil. Half a mil. Um, in terms of in you know high-profile people with coronavirus diagnoses, news, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson tested positive after experiencing mild symptoms. Um, this comes after he, like a few weeks ago, was bragging about how he's never going to stop shaking hands. Um, and also, he wasn't bra- he wasn't bragging about this, but the UK was for a time pursuing um, a strategy of herd immunity before right. they realized that it would completely overwhelm their healthcare system, and they abandoned that in favor of locking down. Um, China, which has actually seen cases fall off, is now closing its borders to most foreigners as they face a potential second outbreak from people coming into the country. Um, there have been more than 500 imported cases confirmed, and Elise wrote in the newsletter a really funny joke that they should start calling it the Caucasian virus now. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't. Maybe they have. I'm not. Yeah, That's I'm, true. Yeah, I don't not, speak. I don't speak Cantonese. I'm not on the chat. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about how Trump is doing this week. So not well, bitch. Not well, bitch. Not well. Never worse. Except he's not infected, as far as we know. So he it's sort of infection. well known that <laughs> he has an infectious disease <laughs> infecting all of us. That's why he hasn't gotten infected because he himself is a virus. Right. Right. Totally. Um, so it's like, we know by now that he's botched the beginning of this, although every article I read seems to have a new way or a new perspective on how he has. And we'll get into a little bit of that shortly when we're going to talk about some of the ways that this could all end. But he's also continuing to botch the current response. Advisors are now trying to talk him down from that Easter date. He's been saying, I want the churches filled on on Easter, which is April 12th. That's just 16 days away. Um, Some are also, I feel like what they're probably convinced by is I've been reading that hyping up the Easter date makes that following Monday. Like if the markets don't rally, it looks really bad for him. And like, it might not because everybody's like, Dr. Fauci is like, this is still going to take, I think he said like eight weeks to up to three months, but he was like, I don't, I don't even know. I think that's what it's going to be, but I can't tell you, like, I don't control these things. 
Right. The um, virus is not like we don't just get to pick. That's why this is such a beautiful confrontation for our dear leader to have to true. deal with. Yeah. Um, and so Trump also reached out to the go- our nation's governors yesterday. He thanked them for their service during the pandemic and said he was going to maybe start like a tiered approach where some areas are considered really, really bad and need to be contained and some are fine. I think Alabama's governor yesterday was like, I'm not going to do anything. We're fine. <laughs> but meanwhile, like Louisiana cases are rising like crazy. I don't get like what these people think that borders are. Like, do they think that there's some like actual physical barrier? Yeah. Like I can just drive anywhere. <laughs> what is so hard to understand? The virus can't get in. Right. Now you understand why their immigration policy is so stupid because they like don't understand what borders are. Right, right, right. Exactly. They think that, right. It's, it's bizarre. Um, then he went on to the governors to trash these governors on Fox News. He called Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who we love, a woman governor who doesn't get it done. Uh, he said he does not believe Cuomo when Cuomo says that New York needs tens of thousands of ventilators to combat the crisis. I believe that pretty much any model that's been done is like, no, New York needs lots and lots of ventilators and there are not many left. Um, so he's still unhinged, still losing it, still acting out, lashing out. Um, it does seem increasingly likely that this super irresponsible Easter date is not a reality, is is less likely than before. Um, I was reading an interview with uh, Dr. Fauci in, I think, Science Magazine, where he said he, that he was asked, like, how do you how do you handle it when he's lying or saying irresponsible things? And Fauci said, I can't jump in front of the microphone and push him down. To which yeah. I thought, yes, you can. <laughs> Imagine. That would be wild. Yeah. I mean, I just have to say, Trump obviously hates uh, Gretchen Whitmer because she's hot and yeah. she wouldn't sleep with him. So we have that that pattern's back. Yeah. Um, doesn't even go away in a pandemic. The fallacy that this could just be over by Easter is, you know, it it's just his next promise in a line of failed lies and broken promises that he's made, like that anyone who wants to get a test can get a test, that this wasn't going to be like a big deal, that there were 15 cases going to be down to zero soon. You can just listen to our intro to hear what he said the whole time. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. 
Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. So right now he's doing everything he can to do damage control um, while continuing to propagate lies to the American people. Um, So right now he's threatening to sue the PAC Priorities USA, um, the Political Action Committee, for airing an ad that precisely captures his response. It sounds very similar to our intro, so let's actually play that. The coronavirus. This is their new hoax. We have it totally under control. It's one person coming in from China. One day it's like a miracle, it will disappear. When you have 15 people, and within a couple of days it's gonna be down to close to zero, we really think we've done a great job in keeping it down to a minimum. I like this stuff, I really get it. People are surprised that I understand it. No, I don't take responsibility at all. Priorities USA Action is responsible for the content of this ad. So that clip that you just heard is accompanied by a graph showing the cases rising exponentially as he downplays it. Um, He's taking issue with the specific fact that he called the coronavirus a hoax. Um, His lawyers are arguing that he didn't call it a hoax, but that he said that Democrats politicizing it is a hoax. Here's the full quote um, that he said in February that people are taking issue with coronavirus. They're politicizing it. We did one of the great jobs. You say, how's President Trump doing? Oh, nothing, nothing. They have no clue. They don't have any clue. And this is their new hoax. But you know, we did something that's been pretty amazing. So fact checkers at the Washington Post, Snopes, PolitiFact, and factcheck.org, so pretty much all the fact people, um, have said that it's wrong to say that Trump called the virus a hoax. So they're agreeing with Trump. Um, like I don't understand the distinction. Fuck cares. Yeah. Like nothing he says makes coherent sense. Like I don't think in his mind, like there was a difference. Like they're literally just you can't playing politicize games with a reality. His, you can't politicize. His statement doesn't even mean anything. That's true. It doesn't mean anything. So they're basically like using his word salad to mean that he accidentally didn't say that it's a hoax. Right. Like, this is that's, so that's, relevant. That's sad when your main defense is that you can't, you can't string together a comprehensible sentence, so therefore there's no way you would have said that. And even if you take out that one sentence, everything else he said, every other tweet, all of it, the whole body of commentary from him on the virus, whether it's him thanking President Xi for, for doing right. such a good job and then now calling it the Chinese virus and whether it's the fact that he was saying it's just a flu, all these things, like the fact that he's saying today that New York doesn't really need any ventilators and like, yeah, maybe today they don't need 30 to 40,000 yeah. ventilators like immediately right now to be used today. But now you understand how this man could never run a business because he doesn't understand the process of like the future. Like what is it? It's true. I know I was reading yesterday that like, I have like a kind of weird tax thing going on with like a state I used to live in. It's going to get figured out. But I was reading yesterday that they're sort of like, if you have any tax issues, they're sort of delayed for now where you might owe. And I was like, I think that's probably that's, that's a loophole for Trump. I think. Like, yeah. Well, for now. It's so true. He doesn't yeah. have to release his tax return because right, right, whatever. Right. But yeah, so irrelevant. Just the whole question, the whole thing. So irrelevant. Who cares? He botched the response. He's continuing to botch it. And there's no end in sight to his intention to not botch it. 
he still is not invoking the DPA in a meaningful way that's actually causing um, the supply to increase where states and municipalities don't all have to compete against each other and against other countries to get basic protective equipment. So regardless of any of this, take out the hoax, who gives a shit? The whole, it doesn't change the overall calculation of how much he's failed. Totally. And with the ad specifically, you could just take out that part and the ad would still have precisely the same impact. Exactly. But priorities is like, he said it, we're including it. It's fine. Right. Whatever. Um, and by suing them, he has brought so much more attention to the ad itself. Yeah. Like I it never would have was... just been like a little thing in liberal Twitter circles and now it's like blown up, but always yeah okay the last thing we want to discuss today is um, a piece in the atlantic written by ed young um, about how will the coronavirus end amanda so he sort of tracks um our initial response and how it sort of is bringing us to this place where we are now and how the the botched response at the beginning is going to affect how the future of this too it doesn't just affect what we're experiencing now or we're going to experience in a couple weeks it's like we're going to have to experience that to a degree that we might not have had to with a better response. And it's going to basically leave a huge trauma on America in a number of ways. Um, the piece connected the early failures to some things that I thought were interesting. I mean, we know, we all know in here that Trump got rid of that global pandemic preparedness office, but there are so many things in government that it's hard to understand how certain things work. But this piece noted that one of the people that was on that, ta- that task force in early January wrote in the wall street journal, like, the main thing is testing. Everybody needs to get tested, like basically ringing the alarms. And it's like, can you imagine if this person were actually in Trump's ear saying this? A lot of people have been asking, like, why were we not prepared for this? And the thing is, is that the experts who were responsible for telling the government how to prepare were, they did tons and tons of models of what would happen. We knew exactly what would happen, but our, like the models did not even consider the possibility that America would not be good with testing. Like our response has literally been unimaginably bad. The doctors cited are like, we did a bunch of models considering all sorts of things that could go wrong, but we never imagined that there would be issues with testing, with botched testing, with bad tests going out, without doing the sort of contact tracing thing that South Korea did at the beginning that we now, it's too late for us. Um, well, in yeah. the article, it said that like the original sin is that the CDC made and distributed a test that was okay. faulty yeah. in February. And there's tons of anecdotes of people who got like false negatives and stuff. And they got so sick and they had never experienced anything like this. And that, I mean, now looking back, maybe those are some of those people. So yeah, yeah that is like where it all began. But the truth is that, like, honestly, even if you had all the people in place, you had the full team, do you think that, like, Trump would have listened to any of them? Like, I think the problem is him as an individual. I actually think Mike Pence would have listened to them. Like, what would he have done? Been like, no, we're not going to stop the pandemic. Like, I don't see him doing that. Like, as much as I hate Mike Pence. According to Fauci, Trump listens, but then just disregards it which I think is what would have happened. Like he would have just do exactly what he's doing now. And then maybe we could have had even maybe like, I don't know, maybe we would have had like a pandemic whistleblower who could have been like, yo, this is coming. But I mean, this it's an invisible enemy. Like he always says to try to apologize, like not apologize, but say like, who could have seen this coming? 
Everybody, <laughs> everybody saw this coming. Ugh, yeah. So because this is very bad. I mean, this piece uh, references an Imperial College London model that said if if the pandemic is left unchecked, which I think all the actions we've taken by now, like it is not unchecked at this stage. We're doing things. I think this was ahead of when the UK was considering herd immunity, which we'll talk about in a second. But if nobody did anything, the pandemic would have killed 2.2 million people. There'd be no hospital beds. It would just be a complete disaster with millions of bodies and nowhere to put them. Um, we don't know where we're headed, but it looks like some actions have been taken. They're just very delayed. And now we're at the point where we're starting to look at how all of this could end or what like the next year looks like. Um, and the piece in the piece, Yang posits some scenarios. Yeah. So basically he gives um, three scenarios. Um, the first is that every country simultaneously can contain the virus and they flatten the curve. It goes away. Like basically we just starve the virus completely of human hosts. That would involve like a worldwide simultaneous lockdown for probably like a month or two. Um, that was really strict, not like different standards everywhere. No leeway. Like that's, that's like the way that that could happen. So that's probably not going to happen because I don't see that beginning right or, or anything that would need to start like today yeah um okay the second possibility is sort of like a worst case scenario um which is like past flu pandemics um it goes basically just they call it like burning through the whole world like it infects everyone that it can until everyone is either immune everyone who's going to get it has gotten it and everyone's immune um the uk was considering this strategy it's called herd immunity meaning like the virus would just kind of stop after a certain percentage anywhere between like 50 to 80 percent of mm -hmm. people are immune um so the uk considered that but then they realized that it would involve millions more deaths than they could tolerate the fact that they could tolerate any deaths whatever right. um because this isn't a normal flu the number of people who require hospital beds and who require intensive care um is just too is just too overwhelming yeah. Um, so basically the third scenario, and this is what it's looking is looking more likely, uh, is that the world basically spends the next 12 to 18 months until there's a vaccine and that that vaccine can be distributed to large numbers of people or people, maybe they have a test that they're able to see like, po like post if you had it and if you're already immune, um, like because some people don't ever exhibit symptoms or they have mild symptoms, like maybe there's a way that you could see that you're immune and then people could go out, not have to worry about, they wouldn't necessarily have to worry about social distancing. Um, mm -hmm. But that would basically be sort of like a game of whack-a-mole um, where people would be, you know, there would be periods of social distancing, periods where um, people could like go out, and work maybe yeah. like elderly people maybe there would be caps on like event sizes or certain you know level crowd levels um so basically that is kind of like a third scenario and what it's like looking most like is most likely yeah um so it's going to be with us for a while until we're able to figure out that immunity piece um and then like after that they're saying that like maybe the coronavirus could pop up like once a year um, and then over time it becomes like really weak, like a common cold and it kind of becomes a thing of the past. Um, but regardless way, of that, these are all it's long-term things. Yeah. Right. 
other yeah. than the first one, which is right. happening. Yes, <laughs> um, exactly. But either way, this is like a a world changing event. Yeah, totally. I mean, I feel like it's going to be like like nine eleven, but only in the sense that like there are certain stages and especially as a New Yorker where it's like, oh, this happened, th- th- this restaurant closed after 9-11 or this bar opened after Sandy or closed, you know, like these big things yeah. that have a huge impact on communities. Like that's what this already is. No matter how many businesses can be rescued, like a lot of people yeah. are going to die. A lot of businesses are going to close. This is going to be one of those things that like our country is going to have trauma about for a long time. And afterwards, there's going to be hopefully a lot of congressional hearings about what happened. I mean, do you, it's possible. I don't think it'll um, matter, but I mean, I think there's a mix of different ways that it can go. Um, I think there's so many different. You know, it depends on like, does the election happen? Exactly. Who wins the election? Um, I mean, hopefully the election will happen, but who wins? More importantly, um, then what people do they have like running their policy? Mm-hmm. Um, who's in their ear? Maybe it does actually result in like we were going in a really bad direction obviously with Trump and the breakup of NATO. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is able to turn that around before it gets worse. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I'm hoping and that that happening would involve some accountability in the Trump administration. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's going to be so much that we find out after they're out though. Oh my God. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Do you have any good news to end on Sammy? Um, Last night I stayed up to like, you know, past midnight, and I beat an entire world of Super Mario Odyssey. <laughs> Whoa! I don't really know what that means, but it sounds dope. It doesn't matter. It just <laughs> means all I'm doing to entertain myself now is playing fucking Nintendo Switch. That's like that's, that's how great. I like let loose these days. What about <laughs> you? Any good news? Um, yeah. Yesterday, I've had like. Um, maybe about 70 surgical masks. I've had them in my closet for years because my parents are doctors. So I just have had them knowing that this is maybe going to happen. And I haven't felt any need to use them. Even if I were to use them as a precaution, they fog up my glasses. So I just, I thought, I know that most hospitals just need a 95 respirator mask, but I figured I'd throw in my resident porthole in my building. Like I have these masks. They're, they're just surgical masks, but if anyone needs them, text me. Within 10 minutes, I got three texts from like nurses and doctors saying that they were desperately needed. So I like talked to them all and they talked to each other about who should take them and then just gave them to a nurse at a hospital uh, in the Bronx up by New Rochelle. And she was just so like, I dropped them off outside her building, didn't, her unit didn't see her or anything, but she texted me and she was just so generous and said that they were going to be so happy to have them. And I was so happy to be able to do something like that. But like, it's also kind of alarming that, that they are so grateful for such a small amount. But I wanted to mention it because if you think that you have an inconsequential amount of PPE on you, of protective gear for you don't like, I I just thought I'd randomly put that in because I thought they could use a better home. I had no idea that they were actually that desperately needed, especially live in a hard hit place. And you, you don't think that you're going to need them or you think there's a low possibility and that you're not putting other people at risk by not having masks, then then you should see if there's a health care provider that can take them from you. I mean, doctors are making their own. So yeah. it's really bad. It's bad. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. Well, because one of the main places where they make the masks is near Wuhan, China. Wuhan. And also one of the main places where they make the nasal swabs is in Northern Italy. Convenient. 
This really was just perfect. Yeah. Okay. Amanda and everyone listening, I hope you all have a restful weekend and maybe unplug from the news a little bit. Yes. Yes. Until the end of coronavirus, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Fishbein. And this has been the Betches Up Corona Cast. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. The Sup is created by Sammy Fishbein. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to Sup at Betches.com. Betches.